Good morning. Thank you for joining us today. This is Camille's Demi Hour, and I am Camille Broderick, and I am with a power couple of Nantucket. <laughs> uh, we are speaking with Dylan Wallace and Claudia Wallace. Do you go by your maiden name or your married name? Uh, I'm still a little bit of both, but <laughs> moving more towards Wallace for sure. Okay, great. <laughs> Well, as we begin the show today, I would like to first point out that this is a very important show, I feel, for Camille's Demi Hour. This show really originated by the amazing things that are happening on this island, food-wise and agricultural. And so when I first learned about Dylan and Claudia, I knew about Claudia's chocolate shop and about Dylan's farming skills and talents. But as I've gotten to know them both, it's like an onion. There's all these layers of beauty and talent, and they are really able to share with us today what is happening on this island in, in many different capacities. But we are actually going to break the show into two segments and start today by talking about Claudia's business and our chocolate shop in town, and as well as Dylan's role with Sustainable Nantucket. And we'll also be talking about wild harvesting on the island here and really what that means and how they're sharing that with us here. So let's first begin by asking about the start in your relationship. I believe you guys met on island. You were both born here. Is that correct? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. And you met in high school? Well, we have a lot of the same memories from growing up. We were mm-hmm. both born here and um, we both actually spent a lot of time on my uncle's lobster boat when we were little kids. But, you know, being a boy and a girl, we weren't too interested in each other when we were little (laughs) kids, but we have a lot of memories in common that way. I would say we really met um, later on in high school. We were cast as dance partners in a play, and (laughs) the rest is history, I guess. (laughs) So your interest in food and spice and creating, both of you are creators, and Mm -hmm. you have a real connection to nature. Where did that come from? Aside from living here and being surrounded by the beauty. Yeah, I would say it was innate in both of us and then nurtured by being here. Um, I was allowed to run wild in the woods and harvest blueberries and things when I was little. And Dylan grew up in a restaurant. Um, Yeah, I was allowed to run wild (laughs) in in the harbor and in the, the moors and picking blueberries and fishing. And And your father is Peter Wallace, who is a well-known chef on island who worked both up at Toppers and then opened up Oranmore Mm -hmm. and um, worked at the Westmore Club. And now is he in Vermont? Yep. Yep. They're just about to open a small restaurant in Vermont. So growing up in in that restaurant environment really, you know, encouraged me to to find out where food comes from and Mm -hmm. to understand the, the value and freshness. And where did your farming begin? On island or where were you getting into the soil and how did that? Yeah, mostly, you know, just with a small backyard vegetable garden and sort of grew from there. I actually went to college to be art teacher and got a teaching degree for art in the state of Massachusetts. But as I was coming home during the summers, I was still interested in food and and growing food. So that's where that sort of blossomed during the summers in between Uh, art school. Mm -hmm. We started our little gardening company, Nantucket Native, um, when Dylan was still in college. Um, So doing edible landscapes and focusing on organic growing practices. And so before both those entities and your businesses have started, what were you doing before the chocolate shop? Where were you working? Um, Let's see. I think hostessing. Yeah, like during barista. high school and things. Yeah, hostessing, barista. Um, I worked at Trillium, which was a really beautiful flower shop. Mm-hmm. Um, let's 
see catering with Nantucket Clam Bake Company, yeah. who's Dylan's godmother, mm-hmm. Susan Warner. Susan Warner's we my... We both worked for her. Okay. Yep. She's been a, a very big supporter and encourager mm-hmm. in all our endeavors. And um, I spent a, a lot of summers getting up early and grilling chicken and setting up for clam bakes. And I worked at Max Place on Children's Beach making donuts early in the morning. And then, so that would be my morning job. And then I'd go to the restaurant in the evening and bus tables and wash dishes and, you know, do right. salads and desserts and that sort of stuff. And so now you've segregated more into the farming arena here on Nantucket and you've become part of the board of Sustainable Nantucket, which is a nonprofit organization here that started several years back to really try to take care of the island and preserve it and share the agriculture with the community. Yeah, Sustainable's mission really appealed to me. We're focusing more on the local food system and supporting local food vendors and value-added food producers. So the work that we've done is has been really great, really encouraging. We just partnered with the Land Bank to be able to start a small incubator farm. We're calling it the Community Farm Institute. It's on Hummock Pond Road, out by right beside the community gardens. Mm-hmm. And it's a really neat project. As we were growing up, we, you know, it's very apparent that the cost of land is so expensive. It's very hard for somebody that's not going to be making much money growing food to be able to have a, you know, sort of a prime agricultural land. So we've been lucky enough to work with the great pe- the great board on the land bank and, mm-hmm. and their staff to to identify a spot that was that was appropriate. And now we've with the help of the community, we've built the infrastructure that's been needed. And now we have six new small growers that we never had before wow. this last year. That's great. So you acquired the land through the land bank. Yep. It's, and a, then, it's a long-term lease. Mm-hmm. And then you were able to split it up. and Yeah. There, so there's, I believe there's eight small plots. They're a little less than an eighth of an acre. They're given greenhouse space. We have purchased a small walking tractor. Everybody has their own irrigation spigot. It's fenced. We provided educational classes based on organic growing throughout the winter. We have a great support network for them. I'm uh, acting as the mentor farmer, so I'm always available for the small growers with questions and troubleshooting. So we're hoping to sort of use this as an incubator to send them off to larger plots in the future. Right, which is a big farming project for New England. Uh, I know Maine has something similar that they have. It's almost like schools for farmers, and they're mentored for a period of time so then they can go off and produce or start their own farms. Exactly. So the people who have access to the plots, it's limited of time? Yep, so they have uh, one year? Yeah, so there's an annual review in the fall, Mm -hmm. but they're promised uh, three years if everything goes well with the idea that they'll move into a larger, better spot. And are there any agreements about what they produce if there's work with the market in town? Right. So they promise to to vend at the Sustainable Nantucket's Artisan Farmers and Artisans Market. Mm -hmm. So every grower is participating in the Farmers and Artisans Market on Saturdays Mm -hmm. downtown, which is great. We, you know, we've had a hard time getting people... To, to vend food there. So that's really positive. They promise to use organic practices and to help out as a community of growers. We're all there, you know, helping to maintain the farm and, and chipping in with, 
um, potlucks and working with interns and, mm-hmm. and all of that. There's a lot of shared equipment and sharing of skills. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. If you're just listening, uh, we are speaking with Dylan Wallace and Claudia Wallace, two Nantucket natives here, very talented in both the agricultural world and chocolate spice wild harvesting world. And we were just speaking about the new project that is quite an accomplishment that Dylan's been working with from Sustainable Nantucket, where they have allocated a land from the land bank and they are now sharing it with locals here to cultivate produce or in whatever else they, they can grow. Is it mostly produce? Yep, it's all it's all food. Yep. Right. And so speaking of food, I guess it's Claudia's time to talk about her chocolate shop and how that uh, came to be and... Um, your ch- love of chocolate and spice and herbs and all these wonderful things. Where to start? Thank you, Camille. Um, so the shop Ambrosia actually grew out of Sustainable Nantucket's Farmer's Market. Um, so that's kind of another loop back to that. But, so you uh, started selling little chocolates there or well, spice? Or? We started um, growing unusual herbs and salad greens and selling them at the Farmer's Market. But we noticed whenever we did something uh, like a preserved jam or a little tart or the chocolates that we sold a lot more of those and mm-hmm. people seemed to be more interested in things that were ready to eat. Right. And there were like a lot of our unusual herbs like Japanese shiso or different kinds of basil were a little bit of a hard sell for people. But if we infuse them into chocolate, then right. they would be like very excited to try them and love them and then go back and want to cook with the herb. Right. Um, so we kept infusing different flavors into chocolate. It has a unique ability to hold flavors um, there aren't many things that you can cook that still taste perfect in two weeks. And, you know, it's just one mouthful, but you can get so many different flavors in there. Right. Um, and have kind of an experience. Like one of our chocolates we're doing right now has the wild rose petals and the wild rose hips. Oh. So you're getting the fruit and the flower, and it tastes like roses. Oh, my goodness. And then you're, you have a very dark chocolate. I was hoping really you were going to bring some samples today. <laughs> Even though I actually just had um, some yesterday of yours that was really good. So people who might be shy or not interested in eating roses mm-hmm. will um, often try it if it's in a chocolate and might be surprised that they like it. Yeah, they're not really sure how to cook with certain ingredients like yeah. that or how to infuse it. They're not that knowledgeable in um, in baking with things like that. Mm-hmm. Your shop's beautiful and it's Thank kind you. of like an apothecary mm-hmm. and it's whimsical in there. You're an artist by nature. Thank um, you. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And so the fact that you can bring all these I guess you say wild harvesting. Can you explain more about your wild harvesting for your chocolates and your teas and all those other things you have in the shop? Yeah. So just this morning I was out in Sconset um, harvesting roses on the beach and we will dry most of those for tea. Um, We have a greater light tea that has local verbena, wild elderflowers, which we're also harvesting now, and a little bit of the rose petals. And then some of the roses will crush into sea salt which uh, a lot of the restaurants are starting to use. It's really nice on oysters or like Atlas is doing a special right now with a lobster, Mm -hmm. cold lobster salad with the rose salt. And I think there's a little burrata in there as well. So the Um, wild harvesting, is mm -hmm. is it really just going out in the woods? Yeah, it's just going out. um, If it's on private property, we get permission from the landowner. That's Mm -hmm. the easiest way to do it. And um, like right now, the elderflowers are going off. So we've been out harvesting those. And how do you find how do you find the flowers? We just notice them. It's something that we see, you know, when we're when we're riding around. We're Uh very aware of the different kinds of trees and um, wilder cultivated plants. Have you looked at the history of what has 
been grown here on Nantucket and any sort of resources you, you've turned to? Hmm. A little bit. I mean, there's a lot of old apple trees. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of neat to see those in the fall. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of those were planted a very long time ago, and yeah. some of them have been forgotten about. Right. Um, so it's neat to find those and yeah. harvest them. It's a um, lot of just uh, being aware and remembering year after year where things were. Where things were. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, a, you know, an eld- elderflower bush will disappear or get mowed down. A bike mm-hmm. path will go there. Mm-hmm. So things are always changing, and you're always finding little secret spots. Yeah. But it's a neat way to connect to the island, I think. And right. I think by bringing that into town and bringing that into the restaurants, hopefully people will start to experience the landscape differently. Right. Then when they're riding their bike and they smell the elderflowers or the linden blossoms, they'll be like, oh, just had that in a tea. Wow. Like, so in the shop, do you identify what spices come from where? And I'm sure you educate your staff about that and yeah. you know, your, your customers. So we're always harvesting and growing as many as we can on the island, but mm-hmm. we'll never be growing our own cardamom or ginger mm-hmm. or black pepper. You right. know? So we source a lot of things from organic farms all over the world, mm-hmm. which it feels really good to be kind of connected into that network of people who are doing the same kind of work right all over the world um yeah and then a lot of the spices were toasting and grinding and blending which is one of my favorite things to do so we'll like study up on a particular blend and learn about common components mm-hmm. and then just play with the ingredients until we find something that we like so it's and definitely our own expression of any given blend right like herbs de provence or baharat right but um, it's fun. So is it different when you're doing blends for teas, dried herbs and spices versus if you're baking, roasting and mixing them as salts for like more spices and jars for cooking? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're different processes. I mean, you're always, um, I tend to go a lot by the fragrance of things when I'm blending mm-hmm. um, and start blending that way. And you're looking at like texture and if you toast different ingredients, like if it's for a savory blend, or mm-hmm. sometimes we'll smoke the chilies or the salt. Right. And just starting there with the fragrance. And then, you know, when you get something you like, then cook with it, give mm-hmm. it to people whose work you admire and have them cook with it, see right. what they think. Right. Because sometimes, o- often they do change when you cook with them. Right. And you might find you need like a lot more chili or cumin right. or the magic of, mm-hmm. you know, the nature and the herbs themselves. Yeah, how they come to life when, right. you, when you work with them. So you're working now, you have ambrosia, and mm-hmm. so now are you branding these new products for the chefs yet, or are you just kind of well, experimenting? I mean, right now we're just selling the spice blends and the teas in the shop, and then also um, in bulk to restaurants. Mm-hmm. The Straight Wharf and the Nautilus, I think, almost exclusively use our spices, and then Atlas and Proprietors and a few other places are... I'm starting to use our spices, which is fun, because then we can go in and see how different restaurants use them differently. Mm-hmm. You know, like two chefs will take the same spice yeah. blend and use it in a completely different way, which is fun. It sounds, it sounds, so, <laughs> it sounds so fascinating. There's so many things that you can do, yeah. and I'm sure seasonally it just kind of keeps changing, too. Yeah, it so, does. So it does. how does that cross over into in your gardening? Are you growing some of these herbs yourself? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we're we're focusing on the herbs that are best suited for Nantucket's climate mm-hmm. um, and also ones that are harder to find. Mm-hmm. So, for example, lemon thyme has been very hard for us to source organically. And for the last couple of years, we've been 
trying to propagate it and get it going. Some mm -hmm. plants take longer than others. Mm -hmm. For example, um, lovage takes a, a few years to establish. It mm -hmm. is sort of like a has a, a deep taproot and wants to be left in a place mm -hmm. to be able to do well. In the past, because land has been so hard for us, we've sort of been sharecropping at different small garden plots in people's backyards, basically. Uh -huh. And it's been difficult because we have to, we're trying to grow these perennial herbs and right. we keep having to move them right. and they're not so happy. So it's really exciting to have the community farm to be able to plant them and have them stay. So we have the lemon thyme, we have lovage, we have all different types of mints. We have oregano, we have a special type of um, oregano type plant called zatar, which is the main component in one of Claudia's spice blends. We have it's a great spice, yeah, and it's, it's just nice. one plant. Well, the zatar herb is what the zatar blend is is made out of. Okay, it's kind of essential too. Yeah, I only know it in kitchens as zatar, but I felt right. that it was a blend of sorts. But it's yeah. the main kind of it's it is a, it's, it is an it's herb. herb. It's the herb component of the blend, okay. which also includes toasted sesame and sumac. Sumac. Yeah, it's delicious. It's they do it in Lebanese cooking. Right. Mm -hmm. Lebanese so cooking. Yeah. in that blend, we can grow sumac here and we can mm -hmm. grow the zatar herb. So it's mm -hmm. really, and we could grow sesame, but it's a lot more intensive and it, it requires a lot more labor. So we're sort of focusing on the things that we can do really well ourselves. Right. And then sourcing from small organic farms for the things that we can't. Um, but the more and more we get into it, the more and more we'll be able to do. Um, lemon verbena, rosemary, even um, figs are oh. things that are, are tender perennials. We have to take better care of them, but we've been propagating a lot of fig variety called Chicago hardy fig, and we've had really good success, and we hope to be able to propagate more of them at the community farm. That's great. Yeah, I, I think for people who aren't in the farming world, it, it seems puzzling and almost a challenge to figure out how you're going to curate a piece of land and what you're going to choose to grow. And if you're mentoring these farmers, obviously there's weather, um, the soil, things that can and cannot grow in certain areas. So how do you direct them when, when you first take on the new growers? Yeah, so with any anything and anybody, you want to play towards people's strengths mm -hmm. and work on weaknesses. So we try to you know encourage people to do what they're comfortable with and mm -hmm. maybe try a new thing, you know, not all at once sort of practice a little bit at a time. It is just our first year, so we're all still learning as a group. But with my, you know, with my 10 years of growing experience, I've kind of, you know, with trial and error, figured some things out. Right. And are trying to lead people in that direction. Yeah, farming is about trial and error. It is. Finding out, you know, the right plant for the right place. Right. Um, learning about your soil and your weather conditions. You know, our season here is very unique because we're out in the middle of the ocean. We have, you know, more mild, more mild weather than even the Cape. And we sometimes, you know, we have a lot more wind. We have a lot of sand. In the farm plot, we it's, it's not typical of the island. We have a lot of clay. I was going to say, how did you choose that plot? Well, I mean, really, for to be appropriate, it had to have been an agricultural use in the past because we have a lot of important natural wildlife protection certain kinds of ecosystems you know certain um, ecosystems certain wetlands certain endangered species have right. to be taken care of so we're sensitive to that and we we found a spot that had been used in agricultural um, practices since anybody can remember mm -hmm. so so working with 
kind of what you have and right we looked at the big working around where you can't exactly grow and yeah so it's been a really good learning experience and it, it we feel very positive to to see it moving forward well, so this has been a project you said you've been working on for almost eight years. You've been talking about Michelle this. and I have been talking about it for, for many years. Yeah. Well, again, I think it, it's a reflection of how a community is responding to the need to grow more and to promote agriculture in a community. And, and not only is what you're doing itself great, that you're promoting a message for, I think, Nantucket that's saying we appreciate land. We want to help people learn to grow their own food and their own products and the message is as important as the act itself so that congratulations I'm sh- that's a it's a big undertaking and it's a it's a baby I'm sure you're just going to keep growing with it and yeah. but the relationships I'm, I'm sure too on island and the impact that those people will will have too after exactly. growing here yeah it's a sort of we're hoping if you build it they will come yeah. <laughs> And uh, for the for the chocolate shop, is there is there something next that you're evolving into in on a more serious level with these spices and teas? Are you? Mm, let's see. Um, so yeah, pretty much fall swing summer right now. We have the markets on Saturdays. We just finished our commercial kitchen, so mm-hmm. um, be able to make more prepared foods for the farmers market at least. I think kind of test things out there. Great. Uh, maybe little tarts or jams or jellies, um, perhaps some little savory treats. It's endless. We might start Delicious doing a little goodies. catering, so that would be a neat way to bring our um, yeah our spice blends into uh, people's homes. And Great. Parties. Well, I think we'd like to have a segment, too, of Dylan and Claudia and have them back to discuss more intensely, I think, the farming aspect and a new project that Dylan may be working on in cultivating salt on the island. And also their new commercial kitchen that they just finished as of recent and where they're going to be able to produce more things that they can sell on island, but then also start doing events and cooking classes, which would be really outstanding, as well as their talents go on and on, as well as their design and garden skill that they have as a, um, as a business as well, where Dylan just completed a beautiful living wall at one of the new cafes in town. Lemon Press. Um, lemon Press. So we will be talking about all those things coming up on the next segment with them. Thank you so much for being here. Is there anything you would like to share with your Nantucket farmers? <laughs> Or maybe all those bikers, for them to pay attention to all the beautiful plants they see while they're biking around. Yeah, go harvest some linden blossoms. And how do they how do they know what's not what's what's maybe poisonous or not? Oh, that's a good question. I guess we'll have to have classes about that too. (laughs) Nice, get some pretty pamphlets that show pictures of what they can keep their eyes open. Yeah, that's an excellent point. You always want to be absolutely certain about what you're harvesting. Um, But thank you so much for having us. No, it's my pleasure. Thank you, Dylan. Thank you, Claudia. Thank you, Camille. We look forward to the next show. Yay. Great. And thank you again so much for listening. This is Camille Broderick with Camille's Demi Hour on Nantucket's NPR station 89.5. Please tune in at the same time next weekend, Saturdays at 10 and Sundays at 11 a.m. And thank you again to our sponsor this month. We are brought to you by Bouchard Perry Feast, founded in 1731, crafting benchmark Chardonnay and Pinot Noirs from some of the best terroirs in Burgundy. Based in Boom, Bouchard is proud to be the summer sponsor of Camille's Demi Hour in our sister city of Nantucket.